Podcast, Josh and Julius Talk Sports. I am your host, Joshua Sanic. And I'm Julius Walker. And we are going to be talking about the March Madness bracket breakdown. And we will also be talking about the NFL free agency and trade period and the craziness that has been going on with it. So, starting out with the March Madness bracket breakdown, let's get into how St. Peter's has been on a bracket-busting tear versus Kentucky, scoring 85 points on Kentucky, not even going into overtime. And then they went on to beat Murray State 70-60. to What do you think about this, Julius? It seems like a pretty dominating performance by by St. Peter's. And they they just came out as a 15th seed, and they're, be, they're beating second and seventh seed teams with ease. Well, I mean, I feel like they were just really underrated coming into the tournament. Like, you know, Kentucky, I mean, being like the number, I think they're the number two seed, right? Like yeah, like, they yeah, the not, number two seed. Yeah, so coming in as like those teams, they'll just be like, you know, they're number 15 seed. They're like pretty much nothing. Like, we'll, we'll beat them easily. So they just kind of like underestimated them pretty much. And then they just got showed like how, they just got showed how, um, like how they, how they play. And, it, you know, big, big time effort by the coach. St. Peter's, which is Shaheen Holloway, who was like, you know, uh, McDonald's All-American in like 1996. And he averaged like 5.6 steals in high school as a senior. So um, going like going off of that, I know their defense was probably remarkably well. And he probably put a lot of defensive effort into his team as well as offense. Yeah. So going into that topic, so with how they were seated, I've heard that from a lot of people that they watch St. Peter's and they expected them to do well, but who expected them to go into this tournament and beat number two Kentucky seed in I believe the what bracket I think it was the Eastern bracket. So number right behind Baylor, you um, Kentucky was right behind Baylor in that seed. So do you think Kentucky or Baylor? is better. Do you think Baylor was better or do you think Kentucky was the bigger competitor in this in this bracket, in the eastern bracket? Um, well, I feel like the St. Peter's versus Kentucky game was so much more like competitive, like they were like fighting it to like the final minute or two where I feel like Kentucky just missed like a bunch of shots and they couldn't like they just I don't I can't say they gave up, but more like they just didn't have enough energy in them left anymore to even play, really. So I don't know if you did get to watch the St. Peter's Kentucky game. Did you? No? No, yeah, no. So we're just going off of what we've seen on the scoreboard and off of our research, but it goes to show that St. Peter's can beat Kentucky and Murray State by an average of 10 points a game. And, and then saying that so Baylor also going into that fact that St. Peter's beat upset Kentucky. North Carolina beat the number one seed Baylor in that same conference. So Mark so North Carolina, they came in as a ninth seed, or they came in an eighth seed, they beat a ninth seed, they absolutely destroyed Marquette. 
I had them on my I had unfortunately I had Marquette on my bracket as beating North Carolina, not knowing that uh, North Carolina was a top dog in the East. And since the last game, I think the Cameron final mm-hmm. that Coach K was coaching yeah. against um, North Carolina, North Carolina upset Duke mm-hmm. to win that game. And afterwards, Coach K addressed the crowd by saying, tonight was unacceptable, I believe. Right? Is that correct? Yes. Um, you know, my thought on it is that, you know, like, I don't really think the seeding and, like, the rankings really matter at this point in, like, any March Madness tournament. Like, anyone could just be anybody. Like, you know, it could just – since it's, like – it's not like, you know, oh, you get, like, another chance, like, maybe, like, NFL wild card. You don't get, like, another chance like that if you lose a game. So it's pretty much just, like, one win and you go home. So you got to, like, actually play and, you know, got to be a dog and just play for that game, play for that championship. So that's what I feel like – the coaches are instilling in these kids, you know, well, not just kids, you know, adults too, but, you know, um, they're just instilling that, you know, you got to win. If you don't win, then we're going home. So, yeah. So this bracket with the way that the men's tournament, the men's NCAA tournament is you only get to play one game. And if you lose that game, you're out. But in the NBA, you play up to seven games, best four out of seven. And whoever wins those four out of the seven wins. So, NBA teams have a lot more chances to be faulty and take that fault, but they still have to come out as the better team in the end. So going into that, in the Sweet 16, who do you have winning the North Carolina-UCLA game? Honestly, I mean, that's a hard decision. I mean, I would honestly, even though like North Carolina has been on a tear, I'd just say UCLA because of the t- oh, I got it. Uh, because of the type of players that they have themselves, like you know, like Johnny Juzang, um, and uh, J- I forgot his name, like the first name, but Jaquez Junior, and just you know, like all and um, yeah, I forgot the other name. I forgot the other kid's name too. But you know, just all the players that they have, you know, I feel like they could definitely make a solid run for it. So I could in turn support that argument that UCLA has all those amazing players, but they've gotten it pretty easy so far. They've only had to play number 13, Akron, number five, St. Mary's. That's easy. One. That's a hard one in, right. in some people's eyes because uh, they, they only had to beat uh, Indiana. So they got to go on to beat UCLA, but UCLA, if you know, beat Arizona mm-hmm. at least once. Right. UCLA and Arizona both won a game this season. Right. So if Thank UCLA you. can beat Arizona, does mm-hmm. that mean they could beat North Carolina? But I believe that since North Carolina is just so hot right now, they're on a hot tear, bro. Literally no one can stop them. Norfolk State, they absolutely – or they beat Marquette. They absolutely obliterated them 95-63. to 63. And then they find, and then they. It looked like they were gonna be done going up against number one Baylor, but they found a way to beat the number one seed in the Eastern bracket. So I don't know what to say, but I'm gonna say North Carolina wins this one. So um, now going into that, uh, so who do you think wins the Duke Texas Tech game? I know that's a pretty big controversy, and that. Duke or Texas Tech could probably take this because they're very close, closely seated. 
And this this is probably the matchup that most people were expecting from this bracket right here. Um. Well, honestly, with the recruits that Texas Tech is like bringing in, I mean, not like bringing in now, but like they that they brought in, like they're like they have. I think it's like they have like a top ten draft class that just, that they just brought in like this year. So having those young kids, it's honestly like a really young team. They don't have, I mean, they have like maybe two or three, four seniors at least. So that's a very young team. And for them to make it this far already and to be beating teams like that, it's just crazy. Yeah. So, no, I just want to say, mate, I feel like Texas Tech would take the, would definitely take the win. Yeah. So, yeah. So, um, I got to say, uh, Duke. So Duke has the young core, correct? Yes, they do have a young core as well, yeah. So Texas Tech or Duke, who do you think has the younger core in this matchup? Um, I mean, do I mean I know Duke has like more more seniors. They have more like uh more first like more big guys, more seniors and like more June. They I'm just telling about Texas Tech has like the most freshmen, sophomores I think out of this whole entire tournament. So knowing that that's just crazy how they just got there. Okay, like, so saying that since Texas Tech has a very young core and they probably they have a younger core than Duke, I would say in this case, just like in the NBA playoffs, you experience matters. Right, right. Experience matters. So if Duke has the better seed and they have more seniors, older guys, they don't have as young of core. I know that both of these teams have been in the March Madness uh, tournament before recently, actually. I think both of these teams were in the uh, bracket last year, I believe. Yes, yes. Okay, so Texas Tech did win the championship two two or three years ago. I believe two. Um, Honestly, I'm not sure about that. I mean... And then Baylor um, won it last year. Yes. And then, so, but they're out. So, so could this be Duke or Texas Tech's bracket now in the... In the Western Conference. Well, honestly, as well, I feel like the man. I don't want to say about Duke the too much, but I feel like they're they're like pumped up, you know, with their coach, you know, really being on like one of their last game, like you know, being on the, one of their last games. Like you don't want to, especially for the coach. Like it's like they have one of the greatest coaches of all time of all college basketball. So knowing that as well, they don't want to let the coach down and lose any games like that. They don't want to go out, you know, just losing. So if this isn't Duke or Texas Tech's bracket, would we say it's Arkansas or Gonzaga, whoever wins that matchup? Uh, definitely, definitely Gonzaga. I have to pick Gonzaga on this one. I don't think, I don't think Arkansas. I mean, they haven't really had. I mean, they actually had a hard game like, against New Mexico State. Which they won forty eight to fifty three. I mean that was a it was a really close game. Now it's down to the wire with a number twelve seed. And I think Gonzaga struggled a bit as well against Memphis. I mean they kind of came out strong because I I watched the game myself, so I know like they came they kind of came out uh, in the first half like not really playing, like they were down by I think ten or twelve at least going into the half. And I don't know what they did, but they just started pulling out and started making big shots. Yeah, so going back even farther at the first round, Gonzaga, I believe, was losing by 10, and they just went on this absolute, like, 31-point tear. 
right. at the end of the game, and they somehow found a way to beat Georgia State by 21 points, which is a pretty big uh, lead if you ask me in an NCAA tournament when they you when teams usually aren't that far apart from each other because they've fought tooth and nail to get into this tournament in the first place. Right. So going into that, Gonzaga and Arkansas have recently had close games. So Arkansas has had it pretty easy so far. They've only had to play a 12 and a 13 seed in New Mexico State and Vermont, and they've struggled in both of those. So if I was to give a winner and announce it right now, I'd have to say Gonzaga because they've got they've got the best they've got probably the best player in college right now, Chet Holgram. He's averaging around 20-something points, 13 rebounds, five blocks a game. Yes. That's 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 beast numbers right there. Yeah, especially, like, just being a freshman, like, just coming out of high school. Like, I don't even think he's, like, 19 yet, honestly. I don't even think he's 19 yet. So him still being that young. Okay, well, he is, I guess. But, you know, him just – even though still him being young and performing at, like, a high level – um, especially because, you know, usually freshmen, they don't really come in and start performing like that. They'll be, they might be on like a, on the bench for like a year or two. And then they, and then that's when the coach might want to pull them in and start letting them play to develop themselves. So then going back on that, he said that the, the freshmen usually sit. Yeah. Paulo Benchuro, he came right off the bench, not even off the bench, just came in and started for them. Day one, correct? Yes. At Duke. So if Duke could have that freshman, and this could be probably the freshman duel of the ages, if I would say so myself, because Benchuro, who should be a top three pick in my eyes, and probably Chet Holgram, who will be at number one pick. So going into that um, Arizona-Houston matchup. So... Arizona just came off of a five-point overtime win versus TCU. Barely pulled it out. I believe they got the game-winning dunk or game game-time dunk to go into overtime. Uh, no, that was actually called back. Daylon Terry. Yeah, I know it was. It was actually called back. And he, they would have won the game. Yeah, they wouldn't want. They would have won the game with that dunk. But it, he had the. He was still touching the ball when it went into the rim, so it didn't, oh, they didn't so call they, it yet. So they didn't score it? No. And they didn't – I saw the clip where he it looked like he body-checked him kind of and he fell over and lost the ball. Do you think that that was a foul? Um, Honestly, I mean, my opinion, I feel like it was, honestly. I mean – Or do you think it was acting? I mean, it was a little bit of acting, but I mean, come on, like a, a lot of players. I mean, you gotta you gotta do what you gotta do to get a foul. I mean, you know, especially if it's crunch time like that, and you With two you, seconds left. Yeah, you much. yeah you gotta like do anything to get a foul. So for them to do that, you know, I, I feel like that's good acting. I mean, James Harden does it all the time, you know, still. Yeah. So and he made it in the NBA. So yeah. if you can have that good of acting jobs and make it into the NBA, that's some pretty good high praise. So. Who do you have going in this Houston-Arizona matchup after Houston had just upset number four mm-hmm. Illinois with Kofi Cockburn and the Beast himself? If you guys go on to Google and you guys look up Kofi Cockburn, he's an absolute man. 
he he looks like a man among kids. Right, like he, I don't know what type of stuff they put in his baby bottle or something. Like they just, they probably put some protein in there. He just started like lifting or something. That's, yeah. that's. He's he's like the DK Metcalf of centers. Like he's just absolute. He's an absolute beast. He's giant. But they, but Houston somehow found a way to overcome Kofi Cockburn by and Illinois by 15 points. Right. That's a pretty big. That's a pretty big upset there. Honestly, I feel like, in my opinion, I feel like Houston, like they, they shouldn't have been ranked number five. I mean, I feel like they should have. I mean, not as high as like Arizona high, but like they should have been ranked a little bit higher. I mean, they've been. I mean, I don't know what the record was this year, but. I know. I think they at least had like two losses. I think they both were like to Memphis. Then Memphis got, uh, you know, not destroyed by that, but they they, they lost by like five or something like that. So knowing that there are only two losses in the season were uh, Memphis twice. Then and they I only think lost they lost to Memphis twice. Yes. So Memphis only lost to Gonzaga by four points. Yes. And so. If they can be, if they lost to Memphis twice, and Memphis can compete with Gonzaga, and but they both they lost, and it's honestly crazy because they, I think they both lost the both times they lost, they lost on like game winning shots, Ooh. which is just wild. Like so, that's that's some big stuff right there. That's pretty big, right? So that that's like a whole game. It could come down to one shot. Yeah, that's that's pretty much what most of this tournament's been coming down to, folks. Right. So who do you have going in this Arizona Houston game? I got Arizona because they're just they're my they're my team. I got I got Arizona. I got them representing Arizona. Yes, yeah, I got I got the, I got Arizona too. I mean, even though as good as a team Houston is, they're not going to be able. They probably won't be able to stop Benedict Matherin. Like he's a or Christian beast. Coloco. Oh, yeah, Coloco too. They he's just a beast. Like is. It's just crazy, like yeah. And Christian Coloco, when we were watching the game, Christian Coloco had 18 points in the first half. First half, yeah. No, he's, none he's, of them could not stop him. Yeah, that seven four big dude. I don't, I forgot what his name was, but or I don't know. He was like 270 pounds or something. I don't know. <laughs> Sorry, because <laughs> like I don't know what he was eating. He was like 270 pounds. Even he couldn't even stop Christian. Yeah, they were so. they were putting a little bit extra cream in his Twinkies. <laughs> All right. <yeah. laughs> So uh, now going on to the um, Memphis Villanova matchup. Um, so or Michigan. Mich- yeah. Oh, Michigan sorry, Michigan. Michigan Villanova. I'm sorry. Sorry. Okay. So going into the Michigan Villanova team, who does who do you see on Mil- Villanova that really helps them be the number two seed in the West in the Southern Conference? Well, I mean, honestly, I don't really know about Villanova that much. I just know. I know. I mean, I just know Michigan's players a little bit myself. So I'll just tell. I'll just talk about Michigan. So knowing that they have Frankie Collins, I think he was like he was a four star recruit. He came out of like AZ Compass Prep too. So that was a really good. They went to like Geico Nationals back in high school, um, and he was on that team with like Ty Ty Washington, who plays for Kentucky. And uh, knowing that, that's like he's he's really good player. Like Frankie Collins. I mean, I don't feel like I feel like he didn't really get the I mean, cause you know, like I said, it's most some of the most of the freshmen like sit unless you're like someone like Chet Holgram, then you're kind of like kind of forced to play start and stuff like that. Or but, Paulo Ventura. Yeah, 
Like, you're pretty much forced to start. So knowing that, like, he didn't really get, you know, he hasn't really had its time yet to really shine. And uh, he's been going off. I mean, not like going off, going off, but he's been doing so much better than he was in the regular season. Uh, so knowing that, that's good. Uh, they have some good bigs as well that um, they help facilitate. Like, they get they get to the post easily, you know. They're kind of, like, bigger than some of the big men, some of the big men teams they've been playing so far. So, so they're kind of getting – they're kind of getting it distributed to them, kind of like Chris Paul distributes it to, to DeAndre the, the Ayton and yeah. Javale McGee, and it's really helping DeAndre Ayton coming out of his shell. So, yeah. who? So Ty Ty Washington. So he was kind of under the shadow of Ty Ty Washington. Now that Ty Ty Washington is a very big prospect, he's yeah, probably, go, probably supposed to go top five yeah. in the NBA draft. Well, after after that uh St. Peter's game, I feel like his he might want to stay for another year. Honestly, even though they're not, they might not have the same coach. They he might want to stay for another year because that probably dropped his uh draft stock a little bit low because he was projected to be like top five lottery almost p- type player, and he didn't really in the tournament. You know, that's like the big lights. Like, who even cares about the regular season games? Like, if you can't produce anything in the tournament then how are you going to produce it to the NBA? Because the NBA is just bigger than the term. Like, it's even bigger lights than that. So how are you going to produce something to, in the um, in the NBA when you did bad in the tournament? That's what, like, all the NBA scouts, and that's what they're all watching to see how you do, like, how you perform under pressure. Uh, the fan atmosphere is insane. Like, they got people, like, flipping you off. You got people screaming cuss. Like, you got you got people doing everything out there. And uh, also, maybe, like, him dropping his draft stock, if he thinks that that might help him get on a better team, he could go on to a team that may be able to make the playoffs right. soon in the future so in the NBA. Then he can have that experience. Then, say if he doesn't really get the play, then they can put him in, like, a trade package and send him off to a team where he can, you know, where he can use that development and that experience to his advantage. He can perform more in the, in the playoffs like he does in this tournament. But so far, since he Kentucky lost in the first round to St. Peter's, the big upset that busted probably most of your guys' brackets at home. and, and Including mine. Yeah, and mine. So if that means that Kentucky got washed out, that means that they should um, – that means that he probably should go a little bit lower. Right. Okay, so – Moving on to the Kansas Providence matchup, number one Kansas going up against number four Providence. What do you think about this? Honestly, like it was, like watching that Kansas uh, Creighton game, Creighton game, it was like a dog fight as well. Like they were really like getting it. It was like, I don't even know. It was it's probably like one of the best um, games I've seen. All right, so the players itself, like, they were going off. I mean, like I said, I don't know much about, you know, even Kansas players, but, like, I know more about Creighton players, like Arthur Kamula or Kamala. I don't know how to really how to pronounce his name, but. Kamala? Yeah, Kamala, yeah. He was going off that game. Like, he, they couldn't even stop him. I mean, it was, and he was playing really good defense as well. I mean, he's probably one of their um, best recruits. Also coming out of, like, Dream City Christian in uh, Arizona as well. 
so you yeah, know Arizona Arizona's really building like if I, if I, you know, I don't really want to switch the topic here but Arizona's really becoming like a big a big place like for rec- like high school a big recruits basketball powerhouse yeah in a sense. yeah like the high schools here the colleges here are starting yeah it's just yeah it's so uh, going into the so who do you have winning the Kansas Providence matchup? So uh, probably saying that Kansas has had it a little bit easy with Texas Tech, and then but they did struggle against Creighton. Right. But Creighton has was Creighton. Do you believe that Creighton should have been ranked higher? No. So I feel like they should have. In my opinion, I feel like they. They should have not really lower, but they. Should, I feel like they're fine where they are, honestly. So if they're lower, if they're so they were ranked lower than where they should be. No, I feel like they should. There's like they're fine. I feel like they're fine okay. right there, honestly. So since they're number nine seed and Kansas struggled against them, only winning seven point, only winning by seven points, seventy nine seventy two. So should that say that since Providence upset Iowa, and Iowa was a pretty Oh, wait, sorry. I'm sorry. Sorry, guys. Providence has had it pretty easy with the 13 and the 12 seed in South Dakota State and Richmond. And they struggled a little bit against South Dakota State, which doesn't show good signs, but they blew out Richmond. So I got I got Kansas winning this one. And also, I've seen a few Providence games myself. And I mean, they're not really in the best conference. Like they, even they, people might say they don't play a lot of competition. But the games that I feel like they have a lot, they pass the ball around a lot, and they have like great teamwork. Like they have people on the boards. They're making at least a good effort towards stuff. They're making a good effort. So you're saying that Providence is underrated, and that people should be watching Providence a little bit more than Kansas. So getting into this Iowa State Miami matchup, they Iowa State had just beat Wisconsin, and Miami absolutely wiped the floor with Auburn. Wiped it. So, and just yeah, they just mopped up the mess that they made of Auburn after Auburn had just destroyed Jayville State, and Miami beating USC. Probably the the second best team for California in the bracket. So Miami beating USC went on to play number two Auburn, and this probably broke everybody else's bracket. You think? Yes, honestly. I mean, I think that win over USC or oh wait. And then also Miami beating Auburn. You think that's the bracket buster there? Or you think the USC one? Um, honestly, the US. Um, honestly, no. I mean, I honestly don't. They probably know, both like, busted it. They probably busted a bunch of people's brackets. Just to- honestly, Miami and Auburn looked like they would bust a big bracket. Like, who would have thought Miami would have beat Auburn? Auburn? Yeah, like who? Like who would have thought in like? Who would have thought they would do that to them? Like, Jabari Smith, man, like, I thought he was going to go off against Miami. Like, I didn't think they were even going to have a chance. But I think he only had, like, five points. And Jeez. Yeah, I know, five points. And he's supposed to be an All-American candidate. Probably after, the number one player in the nation. And supposed to be drafted, like, 
number one? Like, how do you how do you perform like that in the tournament? And then go on. No. And- oh, yeah. Also, no. Sorry, I mean to interrupt, but also knowing that your draft stock can fall that low after that, and that's the way you performed. Like, also, um, I was watching like both games, like Iowa State, Wisconsin, and Miami and Auburn, and like no one was boxing out. Like they have, like I don't know what their child coach instilled in them but you gotta like grab a rebound you gotta like box out and grab a rebound like i don't know what yeah so usually you see this in in college and then it kind of falls off in the nba like other than free throws you don't see many people box you don't see many guys boxing out anymore in the nba right so does this so this may have also played a big factor in other than Jabari Smith choking and Miami or and them not boxing out. Right. So going into this Miami Iowa State matchup, who you got? I think um, I got I got um Miami in this one. Yeah, same. I got I got Miami, yeah. Okay, so with Miami, even though Iowa State did beat Wisconsin, Auburn was probably one of the favorites to make the Elite Eight probably. Yeah, probably even farther. They could have. I feel like they could have won against Kansas, like Kansas, and go on and final four maybe. Yeah, final four really? even. Wow. Yeah, that's yeah. a pretty big shoes to fill. I know. Even though that they lost to Miami. Yeah. Well, sadly that didn't happen for Auburn. And uh, thank you for listening to this segment of the national men's tournament bracket breakdown. for listening to today's podcast edition of Josh and Julius Talk Sports March Madness Bracket Breakdown and on to Julius. Uh, We do our podcast every Monday so make sure you guys are tuned in every Monday to hear our newest and latest podcast. And see you Later. later. Peace. Peace.